Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Silver and Gold. Coming to the ring from parts unknown at a combined weight of 853 pounds, Piccolo and Dr. Zong. better this week we are back in your ear holes and i am i am 95 percent well i am the loaf with me the zom <laughs> it's fan mikey this week we're bringing you a couple of post 70s black exploitation films Hey, uh, a uh, uh, top of the mountain cast in one down, two to go, and a little lady uh, with uh, that was from '82, and then a little lady later, little lady, a little later into the '80s, Action Jackson with Apollo Creed himself, Carl Weathers, and Teabagger Supreme himself, Craig T. Nelson, and Vanity's titties. Uh, so yes, we'll get into that soon. Zom, how are you, sir? Um, I'm full. <laughs> full of steak and bile. And uh, sweet potato casserole out of a can. Yeah. Just the way I like it. You can eat that <laughs> shit cold. You don't even have to warm it up. It tastes like dessert. It's like eating pumpkin pie or something. Not a big fan. Oh, I love pumpkin pie. Not a big fan of the sweet potato. Oh, fuck. Oh, fuck. Jesus Christ. As I said, uh, feeling feeling a lot better. Uh, Just waiting, counting down until the sickness number three of the season hits me. That'll tie in next week. We'll spoiler alert, little little bit of a teaser there for next week. But um, oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. (laughs) Are you getting a flu shot this year? I never get the flu shot, but I never really get the flu. Never if you should, because you're sick all the time. Yeah, I don't know. Well, I never get the flu though. Maybe. But the flu shot could be a plot or a ploy by the New World Order. It's true. It could Plus, be if just... they're getting that shit from China, like they're getting some of this other stuff, which oh, isn't tested by the FDA because they can't go over and test it in fucking China, it could be anything. They could be injecting you with dick-killing, limpy dick formula. Uh, the limpy dick formula. strain. Um, music's still going, yeah. So, um, it's been a long week. Uh, what have you been watching? Oh my God! Well, let me tell you something, pickle loaf. <laughs> pickle loaf. If that's loaf. what your name really is, um, um, I got a lot. Uh-oh. So I'm just gonna I'll, I'll I'll hit the highlights and then some of the ones that I've 
either talked about before. I'll just mention them, but I won't say. Okay, last night I was watching Milk, starring Sean Penn and James Franco, who is a personal favorite of yours. Because I think one time you said that you would fuck him or something in uh, a poll that I posted online. Uh, or yeah. no, you wanted to see his dick. Yes. Or something. I, I want to. I want to see anybody naked at this, willing to give it up. <laughs> Why I'll, look, not? I'll look at it once. Uh, it's Why pretty not? good. Uh, I saw the documentary about Harvey Milk, and um, you know, hey, I give props to Sean, to Scene Penn, even though I don't give props to him because I just read the other day that him and Madonna um, met again, and sparks flew. <laughs> Never would there be two. Uh, 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 oh my God! Talk about something that would give you a hard off. <laughs> Those two. Uh, next thing I watched was on recommendation by a whole shitload of people on the intranet, and it's a movie called Sunshine, uh, and it's got um, Captain America. And it's got uh, <laughs> uh, what's that Murphy's first name? Is it Cillian? Yes. Yes, and he's in it, and he's got those fucking weird-looking eyeballs. Uh, this movie was really good, and uh, I there was only one person that said they didn't like it, and he is a New York Jets fan, so his tastes are <laughs> questionable possibly held into question. <laughs> uh, no, I really liked it. I uh, it's it's uh, it's up there with Prometheus. As far as I'm concerned, <laughs> no, I really it was good. Uh, I'd never even heard of it before. Chris Evans, um, yeah, it's good stuff. So I, I don't know, I, you know, I, I don't know how. I, and that, uh, Danny Boyle, I, I think uh, I've heard his name more through our through our what do we call our group or the people that we know? Our circle, our miners. Yeah, whatever. Um, <laughs> But I never, you know, I, uh, like, I like his stuff, I guess. I'll have to yeah. check out some more of it. Uh, Girl with a Dragon Tattoo. I've already talked about that before, but I just felt like uh, watching some Lisbeth Salander and Mikael Blomqvist. And um, <laughs> uh, this was the original. Uh, I still like it. Uh, I still like that one, the best of all of them. Uh, Abraham Lincoln Vamp. So I don't know if that was Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter, but it just says Abraham Lincoln Vamp. Uh, you know what? It's this was still good, but after you see it one time, I you know I, eh, it's good. It just uh, you know you. Did it feel uh, longer next this thing time? I watched it, was uh, it, it felt first long the first snow, and this was a recommendation from Bryn when we were looking at uh, cheapy. DVDs at the cheapy DVD place in Indianapolis last time. It has uh, Guy Pierce, Piper Parabo, uh, and um, I like looking at her big butt on that show on USA, even though I hated her and Coyote Ugly. Not specifically her, but I just hate that movie so much. But um, yeah, and um, you know she's she's older now. She's a milf, and she's got a she's got a pretty uh, nice. Uh, Pooper. Uh, next thing I watched, Fart this box. was probably, let me look here. I would say out of all the movies that I watched, uh, this and Sunshine were the two uh, big winners of the watch fest. And it's called uh, The Squid and the Whale with uh, the guy that, uh, uh, what the God's that fucker's name that was in Dumb and Dumber with Jim Carrey. <laughs> oh, uh. Jeff Daniels. 
Jeff Daniels. <laughs> That's who it is. Uh, <laughs> no, this movie was really good. Um, it's uh, I bought it. Uh, I think uh, also. If I bought this at Horror Hound or something like that, I can't remember where I bought it. But um, uh, I didn't really know anything about it, so it sat on the shelf. And then when I looked up, uh, you know, the, I guess the guy that wrote it, it also wrote uh, the Life Aquatic uh, Steve Zizou, and I mm-hmm. like that. So this was really good. I yeah. watched it twice. I watched it one night, and then the next night I watched it again. Um, the next thing I watched was uh, a movie with Brandon Lee and Dorothy yes. Lundgren called Showdown in Little Tokyo. Um, it's like, I purchased, it's huh? like 70 minutes long. <laughs> Holy shit, was this entertaining. It's so fucking, just the shit that they make them say is so stupid. <laughs> and Dolph fucking gears up and puts on this goddamn dumb fucking looking. Now, if you're a samurai, if you're Toshiro Mifune, and you put on that outfit, and you're in like a feudal japan it might not look bad but when you're a seven foot tall swedish guy you look like a fucking idiot <laughs> and uh there's some um, i don't know homoerotic it's not even homoerotic because it's just stupid shit that they make them say which is just it's dumb dumb but it was funny it was really yeah. funny um funny. where it's at uh that is a movie with david jansen it was on this and for the better part of the movie, or at least the first part of it, I thought that uh, his, uh, him and his, well, he runs, uh, maybe if I go some more, I'll sound like a snake and scare people. Uh, <laughs> um, his, he runs a, like a casino or, and, uh, or um, nightclubs, mm-hmm. and um, his, his son is bringing, why am I sissing so much? Well, let me take a drink. It's funny. It's like my teeth or something. Or mm-hmm. that's cappuccino, baby. Um, <laughs> but they're they are um, auditioning strippers, and David Jansen's like, "Hey, what? yeah, take a look at that." You know, cause he smokes so much, and his son won't even look at the girls, and he goes, "Her chest aren't down by her feet." Well, you know, I thought the guy thought his son was going to be gay, and I thought that's pretty risque for you know like an early '70s movie. Well, things happen, whatever. Um, it was all right. Uh, David Jansen had a hairy chest too. Um, next thing I watched was dun 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 lava. I watched That's My Boy with uh, Adam Sandler and Andy Sandberg, uh, James Caan, uh, uh, Vanilla Ice. It had a bunch of people in it. Now, um, I got to ask this. Did the bit <clears throat> – now, in the preview, I think it was the preview, <clears throat> they did a bit with uh, a back tattoo um, yeah. that actually was kind of funny. Was that any funny in the, in the actual movie itself? <laughs> it was sort of funny. It was just <laughs> about as funny as anything else in an Adam Sandler movie. <laughs> um. He does a uh, stereotypical over-the-top Boston accent the entire movie, (laughs) which, I mean, I'm telling you what, you want to fucking drive me crazy to the point where I would like to just throw something through the TV. Um, It's, you know, I I did not pick it. It wasn't my choice. It was my friend's. It has a few laughs in it. Uh, Yeah, whatever. Uh, And uh, Susan Sarandon's daughter is (laughs) fucking... Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, next thing I watched was a movie about Nazis who 
Are Living on the Moon. Yes. Called Iron Sky. This was actually pretty good for kind of a low budget movie that um, had some, you know, fairly decent looking uh, spaceships and special effects. Um, it's done very tongue in cheek, as you can tell when mm-hmm. they, the, uh, <laughs> I'm not going to tell you. There's some funny stuff in it that has to do with race. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's worth a watch. Uh, watch Mr. and Mrs. Smith with Brad Pitt and Mrs. Brad Pitt, also known as. Angelina Jolie. Um, I sometimes forget how good looking she is when she was young and before she got really super skinny. And holy shit, when she has that smoldering mad, like she's pissed off at him look, <laughs> fuck, it just makes my blood boil. <laughs> and it's got Vince Vaughn in it. And he's, uh, you know, he gets on my fucking nerves, but he wasn't too bad in this. He does, man. Mm-hmm. He's not as funny as what he thinks he is. Um, He's riding the riding the old goddamn he's whatever. Uh Grave <laughs> of the Vampire. This stars uh it's a um I don't know if I'd say it's a classic, but it's a cult film. I watched it for Halloween. And uh one of the main reasons I watched it is because it stars Big Bill Smith. And Big Bill Smith uh, is well, I don't want to tell you. So anyway, it's pretty good <laughs> for a vampire movie. It's got some funny shit in it that's not supposed to be funny. Because it's uh, like a probably late 60s movie, maybe early 70s. Um, but uh, if you get a chance, it's on Netflix. as watch Check It Out. Uh, I watched Solaris uh, with George Clooney. Ooh. Jesus Christ, I can't even think of George Clooney's fucking name. This was a remake of a Russian movie, which I still have not seen. And everybody says the original is a classic. Um, somebody watched this in our cadre of friends and said that they loved it. So I rented it on iTunes and I watched it. Um, it's good. It fucking will rip your goddamn guts out, man. Because I, th- it makes that you- is that is according to Flick Chart anyway. It's one of my top ten movies. I love it. Really? Oh yeah. I liked it. I mean, I just it just makes you think about a lot of things. Like if you could, if you were in the same circumstance, you know. Because, you know, you yeah. like lost love and then all of a sudden you can have that, but blah, 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 blah. Anyway, but I thought I, uh, I don't think it did very well. And I think a lot of people said, oh, I didn't really like it. Or, it's not as good as the other one. But I've never seen the other one and I thought it was pretty good. Um, I've never seen the original either. Not all the way. I've seen like the first half of it, but I've never watched the whole thing. I uh, got Inception on Blu ray. Yeah. For seven, I don't know if it was seven eighty eight or not. I think it was more than that, but I just wanted to get it because I thought it, it probably with all the visual and uh, special effects and stuff that uh, it would look really good. The woman at Walmart didn't take it out of the big security thing, and this was like a big clear plastic <laughs> box. <laughs> Those things are and I had to get a hatchet out to get it out, <laughs> and I had to knock the hinges. It's got little hinges at the top. And the hinges even, they're plastic, but they have metal pins in them. That's the only way I could get into the motherfucker. Um, I still like it. It's a good movie. Uh, the Island with uh, Ewan McGregor and uh, the very juicy and bouncy Scarlett Johansson. Mm-hmm. Uh, she may not be the smartest chick in the world. She might not be the greatest actress in the world, but Jesus Christ. Ooh, talk about wanting to eat a peach for hours. <laughs> um that also has Sean Bean in it as a as the bad guy, also known as the bad guy in every movie. Um, I watched Thursday, which we already reviewed on here, and uh, it's funny watching Thomas Jane and uh, Aaron Eckhart um, 
and uh, seeing Paulina Poroskova naked and acting mm. like a red hot slut. Oh, she's hot. <laughs> uh, the only reason I watched that was because uh, this other podcast uh, interviewed Tommy Jane. Did they? What? Which, which podcast was that? Uh, Action Attraction. Uh, oh, cool. I'll have to go listen to that one. Yeah, with Fat Mikey. No, it was uh, Gentleman's Guide to Midnight Cinema. Bring Clouds Crashed. What? Uh, <laughs> Close enough. That's a bit of a spot. Um, I give them a plug. Uh, Night plug. Living Dead. This was the remake. And uh, I had seen this one time a long time ago. Uh, and I was like, well, fuck, this looks like Night of the Living This is kind of like Night of the Living Dead, except it's in color. And it was Night of the <laughs> Living Dead, except for one thing. The director of this was Tom Savini, who <laughs> froze up Sammy at uh, Whore Helm again. That's a running joke. Uh, that's what we call a running joke. Um, there was uh, two movies that I watched. Uh, now, on iTunes, they have some movies that are for rent that are two ninety nine. Some that are three ninety nine. Well, I found out that they have movies on there that are ninety. Wait a minute, how much are they? Ninety nine cents or dollar ninety nine, something like that. I can't remember. But anyway, I ran them, and um, the one is called uh, Polanski Unauthorized, and it's a an unauthorized biography of Roman Polanski. Now, this is done by Amadeus Pictures, and what I have come to find about Amadeus Pictures is. That um, remember the you know a while back when all those straight to DVD serial killer movies came out. Yes, and they were just like Gacy or Bundy or whatever. Blah, blah, blah. Dahmer. Yeah, these are like that, okay. and they are very they're exploitation movies. They have shitty acting in it. Uh, they are I can't remember what the guy's name is. He stars. He he directs. And stars in both movies. He plays Roman Polanski. And then the, the other one is called Bobby Fischer Live. And he plays Bobby Fischer, even though Bobby Fischer was like probably over six feet tall and real skinny and gangly. And this guy is short and squat. And for some reason, he dyed his hair blonde. And Bobby Fischer didn't have blonde hair. And uh, some of the acting in it is atrocious. They're so bad that it's good kind of movies. Um and they really kind of go off into the sensationalism and salacious shit and expand on it to the point of making up stuff, but making just for, you know, I guess entertainment value. Mm-hmm. So anyway, uh, I don't know if, if you like movies that are bad, that are straight to DVD, <laughs> but you can appreciate them, yeah. then watch them. Uh, I watched a documentary, which is, it is right now on. YouTube, and it's an HBO documentary. It's about an hour long uh, about the Broad Street Bullies, the 1970s uh, Philadelphia Flyers, who are my favorite team in hockey, and that's probably the only way I'll get to see them this year. <laughs> uh, this is a really good, um, good documentary, and they show how they uh, basically uh, – <laughs> oh, boy, they were a bunch of fucking – assholes and won two Stanley Cups by just beating the fucking shit out of everybody and causing riots and they almost uh, and it was I mean I was a kid back then and I remember that time and uh, you know they they got hockey to where it was almost like pro wrestling uh, <laughs> it was bad that's uh, the movie Slapshot that there wouldn't have been a movie Slapshot if it would have been <laughs> in the 70s and uh, the last thing I watched uh, which was this morning uh 
I also bought on blue for seven eighty eight out of the Walmart Blu-ray bargain bin. Uh, Predator, what is it, the Hunter's Special Edition or something? Mm-hmm. Uh, I bought that too. Oh, it looks good. Oh, on Blu-ray. Woo-hoo. On that big TV. Woo-hoo-hoo. Um, it looks really good. I uh, really liked it. Uh, that's it. I watched a bunch of shit. I can't even tell you how much. <laughs> However many pages are on this little notebook is how many I watched. Nice. Um, let's oh. see. I uh, was, as you know, uh, under the weather again last week. So I went back. And I, it looks like the Mill Creek sets are going to be my go-tos when I'm when I'm ill. So... Um, and I, what I like doing is just putting out the random call on our group and people are picking these movies for me to watch. So, um, I don't remember which sets these were from and I don't remember who chose them. So I apologize, but, um, I think Will HT had something to do with this one. Uh, this was called the head from 19, I don't know, 59, 1960 or so. I think it was German, but I couldn't tell it was really, first of all, the print was awful. But it's um, dubbed in English pretty poorly. Um, kind of a cool story, but really drug. But it was uh, like kind of a mad scientist kind of movie where a guy had figured out how to, basically how to take one head off of an animal and put it onto the body of another one and it would work. Nice. And um, his kind of protege went a little little crazy. He was the mad scientist and took off the actual scientist's head. For some reason, just kept him alive on like an aquarium and uh, then had the crazy idea to take uh, this nun who would visit the older scientist often, take her head off and put it on the body of like a whore that worked at a, <laughs> at a dance club. And so that she had like a nice looking head because the, the whore didn't really have a great looking face, <laughs> which they pointed out. But the nun had kind of, she was, uh, I don't know, something wrong with her legs, but she had a beautiful face. So they took her head off and put it on the... Uh, <laughs> the dancer's body quote-unquote dancer i don't know kind of weird who recommended that <laughs> well nobody recommended it it was just on the mill creek set oh uh, you're still um, mill creeking I'm mill creek mill cricking it um and then i watched another mill crick called the giants of rome i think um, i'd be giving up on mill creek because i don't <laughs> think you've ever you've said one ever since you started this this mill creek thing eh, it was all right this the giants of rome is a sword and sandals kind of movie Sounded cooler than it ended up being. This one has Richard Harrison. Um, ah, I like him. And uh, this is, the forces of Rome are out to defeat the Druids, but are shocked to learn the enemy has a powerful secret weapon that could spell defeat for them. Now, I was really hoping that the powerful secret weapon, because this was on the science fiction set, I do remember this, yet the secret weapon, spoiler alert, ended up looking like a catapult or something. So, And the Druids looked like uh, like Mongolians. So... Go, go t- take that for what it, what it is. I was hoping it was going to be some fucking laser or something, but no such <laughs> luck. Um, it wasn't very good. Um, let's see. Uh, burp, burp, burp. I watched some uh, some uh, mexploitation. Um, I started with uh, El Vampiro y el Sexo, or <sighs> Santo en el Tesoro de Dracula, or Dracula. Um I'd never seen this one, and this is probably the only Santo movie with titties all through the whole thing. Um, the uh, he builds a time in, in the movie. He's not only a wrestler; he's also a physicist who has invented a time machine. Um, <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> uh, this was pretty good if you like Santo movies, I guess. Um, he doesn't actually ever get to fight Dracula, which is kind of disappointing. But that is disappointing. Um, 
Uh, who would win a fight between Santo and Dry? Santo is a fucking legend, man. <laughs> yeah. Well, in Santo versus the monsters, there's some more. There's some more direct confrontation between the yeah. two. So, well, um, at least th- he gets a piece. This one's more like uh, a, a, another masked guy who looks like maybe the uh, the Bizarro World KKK member. He's got a hood that's pointy, but except it's black, and um, mm. he's trying to you know mess up. Uh, El Santo's plans of whatever he wanted to do. I don't know. Lots of boobies. It was pretty good. Um, <laughs> uh, let's see. I watched. Have nudity? What? They have nudity? I was yawning while I was saying. Yes. They have nudity? Boobies. Lots of boobies. Dracula, whenever he would be around a woman, um, it was like her shirt would just bust open. Like <laughs> honest to God, no shit. I was just it was just when you were saying that, as I was going to say, the Santo fuck any chicks and then as soon as i that before that even came out of my mouth i was like man that would be so awesome to have a santo mask on the next time let's cruise i own a santo mask they're easy to find oh um let's see i watched another one uh trampa infernal this is i guess it's like a friday the 13th ripoff now it says it was released in the early 90s it looks like it was filmed in about 83 uh, um, and this is, it's a, it's a weird one because it's, these aren't, they aren't at a summer camp. It's two rivals that bet all the time. They're going into, a, an isolated forest to hunt a bear and whoever gets the bear first wins the bet. Um, mm-hmm. and they take their girlfriends and there is a crazy Vietnam veteran that lives in these woods that then starts hunting them down, except the Vietnam veteran wears what appears it, it looks like it's trying to be Michael Myers mask. It's white. It looks like or it's it's it's, it's like almost like a it's like a mannequin looking face. It's got long blonde hair, and he has a um, uh, like a Freddy Krueger glove. That's his weapon. <laughs> He's got a Freddy Krueger glove. Well, it's not totally because the the knife the knife fingers are serrated instead of just <laughs> pointy. Maybe it's a uh, Wolverine's son, <laughs> Dakin. Uh, it was it was pretty bad. I liked it though. Um, let's see. Burr, burr, burr. I watched um, a one called Narco Satanicos. This was a sex comedy um, about. No, a lot of it didn't make sense. But let me read the synopsis I have here. <laughs> Three thousand years before Christ, Alfonso makes a pact with the devil so he can live five thousand years and have as many lovers as his physical strength allows. It is now, it is now nineteen ninety. The agreed upon five thousand years have elapsed. Alfonso owns a sex clinic where he takes care of three women each day. He becomes so tired that he has to eat tons of seafood and get monkey gland injections. The devil comes for his soul, but Alfonso negotiates a new pact, arguing that he gets overly tired and has not managed to be happy. The devil agrees as long as Alfonso teaches him how to succeed with the opposite sex. That's only part of the story because there's also another sub story with these drug dealers that are giving out this drug that has something in it that makes people die. And there's a midget police chief and his bumbling assistant that are trying to track them down and somehow they end up tying together at the end <laughs> but there's lots of boobies and bad jokes so it was fun um and another one um uh i guess massacre in el rio tula and the, i believe this one's based on a true story um about a bunch of bodies that wash up in a river and uh 
the story, the backstory of how they got there. And it was a kind of a botched drug deal kind of thing. And, mm-hmm. um, this one was pretty serious and, uh, there's lots of torture and sh- shooting and stuff in it. And it was pretty trashy. I liked it. Um, it's, <laughs> it, I mean, it wasn't, it wasn't trashy like the one we watched. It was trashy in that they kind of, you know, that it just seemed low, very low budget and, um, lots of rape and shit in it. And yeah, what? There, well, there's there's a scene there's a scene with a guy that has um he's trying to get the drugs from these uh he's trying to get drugs from these people from Colombia because he believes they have them and they the lady ends up telling him that they have latex like tablets in their bellies or whatever so he ends up just cutting them open and pulling out their intestines to get the uh so that's that Did kind they of movie. look like hot dogs that yeah, were linked together bit, a little bit what yeah. was that movie we watched last time where they fucking the guy was turned away from the camera and they hit him with a samurai sword or something. And then when he turned back, he had like a bunch of, it almost looked like skinny link hot dogs. What for was intestine. that? Dude, was that the movie we watched last week? Was that a, uh, that was probably one of them goddamn shitty warrior movies. No, no, no. It was the, it was the, was fucking, that what, we, what, what did we review last week? <laughs> it was the, the blood rain movie. Oh yeah. Well, yeah, that good one. That <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, was blood rain. I classed it up a little after that, and I watched Women on the Verge of a Nervous Breakdown. This is a, a, an Almodovar movie and was very good. Um, and I was talking to Will about it on our group. Now, his movies always start off, well, at least the ones that I've, most of them that I've seen, they start off, you, you're thinking, okay, this is, this one might not be good. I don't know why, but it, they just, they kind of, they build momentum and the way they start off, you're like, okay, this one's a little too ridiculous. Uh, and this one seemed a little silly, but man, it was fucking great. And I love the way his movies end. They always seem to end with a kind of a conversation happening or like, like they end with a feeling that you've only seen a window of this person, these people's lives and that it's, the story is going to continue with something maybe even ridiculous, even more ridiculous later on. And I don't know. I, I just, I, the more I see by him, the more and more he becomes a favorite of mine. Um, I've got a couple on the, uh, on the burner now, back burner, I guess. I don't know if I've ever it. seen anything that he's done. Have you ever seen, well, the recent one he did was the skin I live in. Oh yeah. Yeah. I saw that. Okay. Yeah, with Antonio Banda. Yeah. He did. He's done a lot of work with, with Banderas. Um, you should check out more of his work. Yeah. I like his stuff. I hate foreign movies. Yeah. Fucking Spaniards. Um, stupid. I watched The Evil Dead. This is a revisit. Um, I was still in the Halloween mood. Uh, Bruce Campbell, and it's gory, and it's not funny, but it's awesome. Yeah. Uh, I that was watched, the first one? That was the first one. Okay. <laughs> not Evil Dead You know, too. I saw the first one, and I heard so much about it, and I really didn't. I was kind of like, <laughs> But I heard people say that the second one was better than the first one, and I liked Army of Darkness, which was supposedly not even like any of them. Army of Darkness was the well. Evil Dead Two is as, it might as well just be a remake. There's a lot of stuff to be done, except that has more Army of Darkness. Have you seen Evil Dead Two? No. Okay. Evil Dead Two is more along the same like line. Funny. At, yeah, as tongue and cheeky. Yeah, as Army of Darkness. Evil Dead is a straight up just very low budget horror movie. Evil Dead Two is kind of like I mean it might as well be a remake. It's almost it's the exact same story. Um, it's not really a sequel. It's just a higher budget version of Evil Dead with slapstick stuff added in. Um, let's see. I watched Let Sleeping Corpses Lie. Um, I guess this is Italian, but it takes place in Britain. It's a zombie movie, and I think it's also called something in the Manchester Morgue. So, uh, something like that. It was. This is really good. A zombie movie. Um, this one's kind of. This is a. 
sci this one has a science fiction type uh spin on it it's just not a supernatural zombies um i guess all zombies are supernatural but this is uh really good this is from what about like jesus 74 he is the most supernatural zombie yes he's the um, king of the supernatural zombies but uh stuff. let sleeping Cor- let sleeping corpses lie is a buy if you like zombie movies really fucking good um mm-hmm. i watched hell of the living dead uh, this is a Bruno Mattei zombie movie. You watched a lot of horror movies. Yeah, Halloween week. I love oh, that's zombies. right. Um, Hell of the Living Dead. Was, it's Bruno Mattei, and it's pretty awesome. There's, it's pretty gory. There's some good. Uh, there's a pretty pretty cool death where the zombies reach into somebody's mouth and their eyeballs pop out. Oh, that um, sounds gruesome. <laughs> this is a this is, I've never seen this one. It's pretty fun. I would watch this again. And the last thing I watched is another zombie movie, sort of. This was uh, the Japanese Wild Zero from like 99 or 2000, starring some people I've never seen and starring Guitar Wolf, who is a pretty awesome musician slash band. Um, great, great soundtrack. And uh, the movie made no fucking sense at all. I posted that on the group this morning, but it was awesome. Lots of explosions and ridiculousness and uh, zombie head explosions. And yeah, we should review it. It'll, I liked it. Um, and that was it. Okay. Okay. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> Wild Zero. Um, yeah. So I was thinking about playing just all Wild Zero tracks on the show this week because I didn't know what movie, mu- what music to choose because I was originally going to just do black exploitation music. But then I was like, well, this is not really. It's a kind of you know this is kind of after the black exploitation boom, and the music from these movies is well we'll get into that and uh, I don't know so I just told everybody to pick some music for us today so if the music music we should have did Chinese exploitation music <laughs> yeah so I just picked three random songs instead of guitar know, whatever work. they they uh, was a, I was just trying to be funny yeah well ah it's been a while. We missed you. Crickets. Crickets. Uh, so yeah, let's take a break and come back. We'll just go in chronological order. order. Alphabetical order. We'll do. <laughs> reverse, you want to do alphabetical? We'll do Action Jackson first. I, d- uh, no. Okay, let's we'll do, do one down, one two first. to go first. We'll be back with a review <laughs> Whatever of one called. down, two to go. We'll be right back. To the hard way. <laughs> <laughs> When you're watching movies, are you sick of remakes, reboots, reimaginings, reinventions, and Reese Witherspoon? And Prometheus? Are you fed up with movies where <laughs> giant robots try to remake Enter the Dragon? Do you think that torture porn is vastly inferior to 1970s drive-in porn? Do you find Botox actresses with fake tits and action heroes with no chest hair a turn-off? Do movies where no single shot lasts more than two and a half seconds piss you off yeah me too that's why i do paleo cinema podcast a podcast for films more than 20 years old so if you think the centuries is a guy and the Myrna Loy is a kind of metal you need paleo cinema podcast go to paleo-cinema.com and do yourself a favor
Nothing says Fred the Hammer like a little rocket from the crypt. <laughs> All right, our first film of the day. Uh, one down, two to go. We didn't decide who was going to take the lead on this. It doesn't matter. Let's doesn't double matter. team it. Let's yeah. go. Let's 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 this movie. When we do it, it'll be one down when we're done, and we'll only have one to go. <laughs> but two of us will double team this movie. That sounds good. All right, this is directed by Fred the Hammer Williamson, written by Fred the Hammer Williamson, starring Fred the Hammer Williamson, Jim Brown, Jim Kelly, Richard Roundtree. Joe Spinell is way too high on that cast list. He should have been in it more. All right, this is a pair of tough cops. Go, what? Go after the mob who jinxed the mark. What does this even mean? (laughs) A pair of tough cops go after the mob who jinxed the martial art tournament, martial arts tournament, and injured their buddy. <laughs> you know what they did? They went to the martial arts tournament and they had a ladder that was against the wall, and they walked underneath of it. <laughs> they jinxed the whole fucking tournament. All right, um, they fixed the martial arts tournament. You're it was not too motherfuckers. It was more like the guys from Three the Hard Way. Which didn't you watch that this week? No, you posted images from it. I figured you watched it. Did I post images from that? Yeah, the three, the ladies, the three titties. Oh, no, I, mean the three, I just the three was titties. looking for something fucked up to put up there. Oh. Have you seen that movie? Uh, a long time ago when I was a, a, uh, a, wee, yeah. a wee lad. Um. So, yeah, uh, one down, two to go. This is, uh, as I said last week, uh, Fred Williamson said this is the true sequel to Three the Hard Way. Uh, maybe. Um, yeah. maybe. I think Fred the Hammer is full of shit. How about <laughs> it, that? I think it was the 80s and his cash cow was gone and he was looking for something. Um, so yeah, this is um, this. Is this. Uh, <laughs> this ain't something else. This is this. this. This opens with a karate tournament. And, um, oh my god, that goddamn fucking karate tournament! Let me tell you something, people. I'm it went on a little long. This shit here. Um, I'm not pulling no punches. And uh, some of those guys in the karate tournament, if they wanted to look uh, like, I mean, uh, they some. I mean, they all look like they could kick. But some of those guys, when they were punching, you know, NBA, how NBA basketball players fight because <laughs> they have like super duper long arms and yeah. they look like they're like uh, slap boxing. Like the, I mean. They don't tuck their chin in. They put their chin out and like because they don't want to get hit in the face. And then they just flail with their arms. They look like shit. Yes. And that and I know that this took place during an actual like probably PKA karate tournament back in the seventies. And they had a lot of footage and they used way too much of it. Yes, Ugh. they did. Well, the, I got fucking so bored and annoyed watching those fucking karate fights. On on IMDb, they actually say. That these the the fights were filmed for the movie, and that uh, Fred Williamson had put up between in the fights five hundred dollars to the winner, one hundred dollars to the loser. So they had initi- like they had initiative to actually try to win. 
Um, it was ugly though because it looked like you know the old competitions they had, um, and that dude Butterbean would always win them. Those kind yeah. of like it looked like just they looked like total amateurs. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It looked like amateur kickboxing. Did not look like karate, but they kept calling it the karate tournament. But anyway, the it was a little confusing. The who was who as far as so Jim Kelly, who started off the movie looking a little old. Um, he did look kind of leathery. He wasn't in it enough either. And I'm not talking about his face. I'm talking about his pants, his boots, <laughs> and his jacket. His fucking oh my god! His he had this amazing red and yellow. It was like imagine Bruce Lee's like full body suit. It kind of looked like that, except it was made out of leather and it was red and leather. It was red and red and yellow. It was two pieces, but you know. Well, the thing completely. about that was. Um, yeah, for for the time, he probably looked like a cool cat, man, you know. <laughs> but that shit had to have been so fucking hot. Because yeah. he had the jacket on, but he didn't have a shirt on underneath. So he just had a leather jacket over his, you know, like wearing it like a shirt. And right, then leather right. pants and these leather boots. And they were all – the boots were even red. But he's in this tw- – this, uh, Coliseum or whatever, where they're having this big event, and you know, like when they have something like that, especially when they have a light over the ring that's going to be hot. I bet you he, his balls <laughs> probably smelled so fucking bad. <laughs> Jim Kelly's balls, a sack of onions. Um, the uh, he he does look awesome when he eventually starts doing little kung fuing later on, but. At first, he just feels like a kind of a side character. Um, you yeah. know, I was looking forward to it because you know he plays a bigger part in Three the Hard Way because you have Jim Kelly, you have Fred Fred the Hammer, and you have him, and not Richard Roundtree. So Richard Roundtree really kind of takes his part in this one. Yeah, yeah, Richard Roundtree. Because I kept thinking, okay, it's going to be Jim Brown, Fred the Hammer, Jim Kelly, and then Richard Roundtree will be kind of like the the peripheral cop or something like that character. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But it was the you know Roundtree ends up jumping in there and fucking pretty much. I wonder if Kelly just didn't they didn't shoot his stuff at the beginning and at the end and and then uh, he said hey I I, I don't know man eh. he's like I'm too tired for this shit um <laughs> the uh, well, too so, old leathery for this shit now I, I was a little confused who was who here at the beginning because Roundtree had something to do with promoting this karate tournament and he was from California as was pointed out multiple times. They had the California team. <laughs> right. So Jim Kelly maybe was on the California team as well. Um, he might have been the trainer for them. I don't know. They knew each other definitely but they had something to do with kind of managing the team and the team was getting kicked like getting their asses kicked by this New York team who was backed by the mob who were loading the gloves with these metal plates, the boxing gloves, so that when they would punch, the California team would lose quicker. Um, and then, you know, thus fixing the fights. Um, so, yeah, but the California team still won, I think. <laughs> so the mob group owed the California group $400,000 and we're not going to pay. I thought that was funny because um, they're like, we need to um, 
you know, uh, increase the, you know, it's, uh, the, this tournament's it's going to be four hundred thousand dollars. And then when you hear the real story, Fred the Hammer was giving him five hundred dollars to the winner and a hundred dollars to the fucking loser. Yeah. What about four hundred thousand, Fred? <laughs> well, this budget probably had the budget for the movie was probably four hundred thousand. Um, if that. <laughs> now, Spinell does make an appearance here early, and I really wish he was in it more, but he was looking like a fucking sleaze bag. His hair was all messed up, and his, uh, he's sitting at dinner, and um, Richard Roundtree... Yeah, I thought he was going to be like Mr. Big, the bad main big bad guy, yeah, yeah. and the fucker had like one scene in it that was how long? He was sitting there whining and dining some chick. Hey, um... Uh, darling, go out and uh, get my briefcase and, uh, you know. <laughs> Got some calls to make. The hell was that? A balloon? Um, huh? No. The, uh, but it, it was good to see Roundtree being badass at that part because I've said this before. Richard Roundtree, after Shaft, it seems like he kind of became, like he almost played like. There was Maybe he was exceptions. always trying to play against type or something. Well, it seemed like he was always kind of nerdy or something after that. Um, like I don't want to be Shaft, yeah. even though that's what I'm known for. I, I don't want to be typecast as Shaft, so I'm going to play a nerd or a goober or a loser. <laughs> but he was pretty badass in this. Now I love the line when he says he goes, he's being all quiet and calm, sitting with Spinell, who has sent his lady friend off to uh, to get his attaché case, and uh, he's like, now look. This place seems to be a pretty nice little setup here, and I'd hate very much to mess up my new linen suit. Understand what I'm talking about? Oh, he just looked like, I mean, so sleazy. <laughs> that guy was and, um, nothing but sleaze. But and it, was, it would have been so much better if he would have been in it more. Yeah, yeah, Spinell would have been a better villain. than. Well, it was hard to tell even who the villains were in this movie because they were just kind of like these faceless New Jersey types. <laughs> you know, there was that one douchebag that had a, a mustache and big, big arms that was like, you know, this meathead that he was such a prick. But other than that, it's like they were hard to even recognize. There was one white dude that kept showing up, but I recognized his face a few times and he was at the karate tournament too, but I don't even remember if they would said his name or he kind of did some Kung Fu fighting with Jim Kelly, but you know, there were so many, you know those um, those hats that look like they almost look like taxi driver hats or something, but they're like <laughs> denim. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Everybody on that one fucking crew, except one guy, had those fucking hats, and they were not the most athletic looking bunch of thugs. Mm -mm. They looked like shit. Now that the, one guy was fat. He looked like fucking. Uh, what the hell was that? Fucking. There was a comedian. Well, almost like Captain Lou Albano in Donkey Kong or something. <laughs> uh. Not no, I, the most fucking uh, f you know frightening sight ever, unless he was naked sitting on your face. <laughs> no, I mentioned the soundtracks earlier. You know, black exploitation oh, films brutal. in the seventies were they were they were you know known for their good soundtracks. This one, it was horrible. It had and there were so many times where it, it seemed like okay, the song they picked must have been on a forty-five, and they thought okay, well we'll play the whole song, and they showed like. Okay, here comes one fucking car and it pulls up. And then fucking uh, the door opens and the driver gets out and he walks around the car and he opens the door and Jim Brown gets out. And he stands there and he looks around. And you get a good look at him and then he fucking walks around a little bit. Then he walks into the fucking building. Then here comes that. And it just goes on and on and on. Just, I think, More so padding. they can play the shitty fucking music and it just drew some of that stuff out. And now how how long was this fucking turd, by the way? It was only like an hour and a half. 
it was an hour and a half, and they had scenes like that, which made me think, Jesus Christ, okay. If they would have cut that down to about like uh, <laughs> an hour uh, ten, this movie could have been an hour this ten. This movie would have been like an hour and five minutes long. No, I, I, yeah, the, and the, the soundtrack's very. It's a lot of it's very synthy. It's not that. It's not very good. Um, awful. The uh, yeah, the, lots of padding. The karate tournament, like we mentioned, goes on for almost twenty minutes. This and was then, an hour t- TV movie or an hour TV show and they fucking just by through editing made it an hour and a half and <laughs> See, uh, bad editing. Um, so that, that was a lot of too much driving out of the city, but I do love when they finally get out of the cars, uh, when the, the rednecks are all sitting around at this bar. I don't know why they chose to meet there, but, um, <laughs> Jim Brown gets out of his car first, but then when they, the other car stops, it's a, these giant, these long, Lincoln Town Cars or something. Yeah. Um, and a white woman comes around and opens the door for Fred the Hammer and there's another woman inside like waving by. Oh, they um, always, yeah, they always had to fucking show what, uh, you know, ladies man the Hammer was. <laughs> and, and, and you know, they, they both were dressed really, you know, really good and I mean, look classy and shit like that. And of course, they go into the redneck bar and, <laughs> and, and not only that, and then both of them have to carry these fucking giant hand cannons that have like eight inch <laughs> barrels on them. They're totally impractical. Like they pull them out and it's like, okay, where'd that gun come from? Because, I know that you didn't have it in a holster because there's no holster. Yeah, the fucking I mean, the, the underarm like, holster would have like the gun would have poked all the way down to their waist underneath. Yeah, <laughs> underneath it. But um, it the, was funny though. I like. I, yeah, I did like. And then Jim Brown says he's standing there with that giant hand can. He's like, "We'll be at the Holiday Inn." <laughs> and and then um, the one guy, um, that that one thing that I that definitely stood out was, I don't know who cast the uh, the police chief of the town oh my god he was awful he was awful it was just like some old bum that they found and said okay you'd be the and he let him get away he don't even know these guys <laughs> and he let them get away with like they could just do anything they were just shooting people and and he would be like okay well you guys uh, hang out here and uh, don't try and leave town well round well, knew who we he got was. 12 dead bodies here you know round they he- shot up first uh uh sheriff and he's like well, okay, but you know, don't don't get in any more trouble, guys. Roundtree knew who he was because when Roundtree went and roughed up that the guy who never learned, the like young guy that worked in the garage, first first Roundtree is fucking slamming his head in the in a the hood under yeah. the hood of a car. And Not very convincingly in, either. He, no, because it looked like it, sh- it was just hitting his shoulders. But yeah, the uh, you know the sheriff walks in calmly. And it's like, what's going on here? And Roundtree knew who he was because he's, you know, he calls him Sheriff. Well, Even Roundtree he, does, but he didn't know Jim Brown and fucking other. Right, uh, but Roundtree was from California, <laughs> so huh? how, Roundtree was from California. So how did he? How the hell did he even know who he was? Well, I don't know. That guy um, would just seem like a pretty nice old man. <laughs> he does. He was understanding. <laughs> when murder's going on, he doesn't get excited. Now I don't remember when they actually introduced the little dog, but. <laughs> Oh, well, it was in the bar when uh, Fred the Hammer and Jim Brown go into the bar the first time. And as soon as they walk in, the Hammer, he doesn't have like a a thick fat cigar, like Nick Fury cigar or something. <laughs> he has one of these. It's real long and, um, real and thin. Yeah. And when he walks in, the dog's growling at him. So he just puts the fucking cigar in the dog's mouth and the dog just sits there like it's smoking the cigar. So it wasn't just, lit. It does just, he just leave with him then? Because the dog's hanging around the rest of the movie. 
It looked funny. <laughs> it did look funny because it happens again later on. I totally missed him putting the cigar in the mouth of, in his mouth in the bar. Yeah, and I that was away. when he first saw the dog, and then and the dog was was like a, it was like that Chuck Norris movie where he had the dog that looked like him. <laughs> you know, that's what kind of dog it was. It was just a shaggy mutt. I like I liked him, but um. Yeah, shaggy mutt. I've dated a few. uh, (laughs) Waka waka. Waka waka. So when they start going around trying to get their money, um, you know, they go to the karate dojo and there's a really skinny dude sweeping the floor and then a fat dude that comes in with like the, a very thick New York accent saying, you want to do real martial arts? You know, and uh, <laughs> and the dog so is growling bad. at him. Like, how the fuck did it, where did the dog come from? He's, he's just traveling around with Fred the Hammer and uh Well, I and guess so when you got that cigar, point. he was he just be, he befriended him. You know? He was already addicted to tobacco. He needed more. It's like pulling the thorn out of the uh lion's paw or something. That was in the bibble. <laughs> now there's lots of lots of gunfire once they finally start using the giant hand cannons and uh I laughed that there was one squib that made this there's like a, an escape from an apartment building and he shoots a dude in this. Um, now I think it was, Oh, Jim Brown shoots him and the squib exploding under the guy's tie made the guy's tie fly up in his face, which yeah. <laughs> just made me laugh. Yeah. It was um, a pretty powerful, uh, powerful explosion. Yeah. And I, if I, you will. I laughed at how, you know, he has a revolver and he doesn't reload it the entire movie. Um, <laughs> he shot his way out of a building, uh, without reloading a revolver once, which is pretty cool. Um, <laughs> It could, it could happen. It could happen. And this is when Fred the Hammer starts wearing his shirt that's unbuttoned. I only, it's only buttoned at the bottom. <laughs> it's fucking hairy chest. It's hanging out the entire time. I like time. when they don't even button it. They just, they, they just tuck it in <laughs> into their pants, and it's not even buttoned up anywhere. But um, now, I don't know if you noticed this. I wrote this down. This lady, now, her part was a little muddled, too. She worked at a bar. She worked at the bar, and I don't know if she was helping the, the guys or not. I, did, I totally missed the part, by the way, to explain that the reason they're there, they've kind of been called in as backup to help Roundtree and Jim Kelly get m- money. Jim Kelly got shot after the, after the karate tournament. Well, no, were Brown, Brown and, um, and uh, Williamson, were they supposed to be ex-cops? I, or were I, they supposed to be cops, or were they just in in the nom? I think I don't think they were uh, cops. I think Kelly. they were just kind of like. What was the deal? That was very ambiguous. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't wasn't well done. But and well, then the the blonde that worked at the bar, I couldn't figure out if she was ever trying to help them or hinder them. But uh, either way, she uh, <laughs> <laughs> that was she, the best part of the movie, right there. She ba- she you know, well, it doesn't show any nudity, but she bangs the hammer. Now I took this note because. When he goes in there, I, I did laugh when you know she's like, "You're not going to need that gun in here," because he finds her in his room and is not really even alarmed by it when he sees her. Yeah. And she's like, "You're not going to need that gun in here." And he kind of does the you look at him for a second. He's like, "Meh." He has that look on his face and walks in. Well, I think that the hammer gets so much puss, <laughs> and he's got so much charisma. It's like magical. So it's just like, eh, "Okay, get in here." Well, he you know? his clothes come th- come flying out of the bathroom one piece at a time. Now. The imagining what it looked like in the bathroom made me laugh because he's wearing he's wearing the shirt buttoned only to the pubes. He's wearing uh he's wearing cowboy boots and these tight brown pants. So first his pants come flying out. <laughs> so one, I was like, wait, how the fuck did he get those pants off over those big boots? And then he's the hammer. Then I was thinking immediately. 
So he's standing there right now trying to look suave, but he's wearing a shirt with no pants and cowboy, cowboy boots. <laughs> <laughs> and then the shirt comes out next. So that leaves him then in the bathroom wearing only a pair of boots and he's got his pistol. <laughs> and then his boots come out last. But <laughs> So he, he disrobed entirely before his boots, before they got thrown out. Then he throws his gun out for whatever reason. It was but a different time. It was, it was a different time. Pa- pants were stretchier then. They um, were. They were uh, polyester. <laughs> now, Shit. I loved, the, I loved the shot later on in the movie. Um, it's a pretty iconic shot because of who they are, not because of the movie itself, but you get the three of them walking up and it's, I mean, you know, he was doing it on purpose, but you got Jim Brown right in the screen. You got Fred the hammer in the middle. You got round tree and they're kind of staggered a little bit. So they're fake, fake. They're, they're filling up the whole, the whole fucking frame. Uh, it was pretty, pretty great seeing the three of them just like standing next to each other. But then there was a really awkward shot with, Fred, Fred Williamson walking dick first into the camera. <laughs> They're like walking towards the camera and it's just like his penis is just right in the fucking frame. Though. Oh, yeah, yeah. I like that. <laughs> I wonder why um, I wonder why Jim Brown gets a, a, a great big 44 Magnum with a six or eight inch barrel. Fred the Hammer gets another 44 Magnum that's like chrome yeah. or whatever that, that has like an eight inch barrel. And then Roundtree gets this little fucking snub nose. <laughs> It was weird. He hardly used a gun the entire movie either. So um, he was Shaft. He didn't need to. And uh, he's a complicated man, but nobody understands it. I guess. But his I, woman. I guess they get the money. I don't know. I don't remember how the movie ends, even except that the dog. I fucking it's the, uh, the dog ends up with a cigar again and with a subtitle that says "Say what." <laughs> <laughs> because Roundtree, I guess they're the teens reunited, so they're going to have another adventure together or something. I guess hey, what about uh, Jim Kelly? Uh, Jim Kelly, the reason that he isn't in it as much is he gets winged at the beginning, he gets shot. Yeah. So then uh, he's he's he kind of being taken twice. care of, but he still has a karate fight. I wonder. I wonder if the way that this was shot is if maybe Jim Kelly fucking hated the hammer's guts in real life or Jim Brown or something. And he was like, I don't really want to be in any scenes with him because it seemed like they just excluded him for some reason. And he did. I mean, even though he got shot, they gave him a reason for him to not, to, um, not be involved because he was wounded and he was, you know, recovering or whatever. But then he still has his individual, like he has a karate fight and he's all bandaged up and he can only use one arm, that which was, looked kind of stupid. Cool. It was pretty cool though. His he was stance fighting, and shit. He was fighting one I mean, he, arm. He, 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 he always looked pretty cool when he would do karate, but he just, you know, I don't know. <laughs> you know and he, he tried to do, you know how Bruce Lee would do the, um, that real high pitch yeah, 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 yeah. thing? Well, Jim Kelly always tried to do that too, except he'd go, <laughs> and I'm like, okay, I never thought that sounded cool. <laughs> yeah. Eh, you know, it's it is what it is. I, I mean, I, Bruce Lee kind of sounded like a crazy cat or something. Like, but you know, <laughs> I'm like, Ugh, I don't know. Jim uh, Kelly. And Sonny Chiba would do that sometimes too. He would do the Wah! or the he'd do a lot of the the, the heavy breathing too. We need to do more. Chiba. Yeah. <laughs> um, do you have anything one to add on this? Fart. They should have had one that like would fart. It's probably out there. Look for or crickets. Would he make the crickets sound? <laughs> Do you have anything to add on this one? Huh? Do you have anything to add on one down, two to go? I don't have anything to add. I didn't have anything to add to start with. It's hard to remember 
the shit that happened in the movie because first of all, I didn't take any notes, but that's not the main reason. Um, I'm usually pretty good with just about all black exploitation movies. You know, you, I, I'm like when when you said we were going to do this, I was like, fuck yeah, this will be cool, man. I, you know, I'm I like the Hammer, I like Jim Brown, I like Jim Kelly and everything. And then I started watching it, and I'm like. Jesus Christ, man! This is not. This is just not very good. It ha- and uh, Jim Brown held his gun fucking funny. He try and hold it with two hands with the barrel up in the air, like when he was uh, in the rest position, and he looked stupid. I think this didn't has look to, it natural. Had, it, and he, and it, yeah, I don't know. It probably had something just, to do with the hammer's direction. It was direction. poorly done. I think it had to do with hammer's direction. Yeah, um, he it, sucked. It it. it I don't know. It it kind of felt like muddled at times. It didn't make a lot of sense at times. There's elements of it that I liked a lot. I did I did like seeing Jim Kelly fight one armed. I did like Joe Spinell's scene. <laughs> um, I yeah. liked I liked Roundtree being a badass for a change after Shaft. Um, um, and, and some of the some of the laughs in it actually made me laugh. I, I thought the I thought the dog shit was pretty funny. Yeah, that was funny. Um, but as a whole, the movie was, I don't know. I don't know. Um, we can get in our scores here. Uh, I, I thought this was going to be like a above a seven. Yeah. Um, the parts that I liked were enough to make it a little better than average for me. I'd say I'd give it like a 5.75, maybe a six. I fucking choose. It's a, I'll go six. <sighs> I'm serious. I mean, I, I hate to say it, but I'd give it like a 2.5. I didn't think it was any good at all. I mean, there was just the dog thing, and there was just a couple of things, but the rest of it, I was like, God, man, this, is, this was really a disappointment. Yeah. And it, was not, it wasn't just because I had high expectations. It just wasn't very good. It was done poorly. Uh, um, they had everything that they needed there. Um, you know, how hard is it to do a goddamn, you know, revenge, come and kick the fucking white trash redneck town's ass yeah and uh but it was just seemed like it was just thrown together or something i don't know what the deal it, was it, felt but it was not good yeah 5.75 for me <laughs> okay. yeah, it was you convinced sucked. me all right um let's take a break and come back and review action jackson we'll be right back Hey everyone, this is Coffin John of V Cinema, the site that covers Asian film from cult to the classics. Join Josh of VariedCelluloid.net, Rufus of CineAwesome.com, and me on the V Cinema Show, a podcast that features Asian film discussions, special guests, interviews, and live event coverage. Our podcast is published bi-weekly on Mondays. So check us out on vcinemashow.com or search us out on iTunes. Also join the discussion and fun by following us on Twitter at vcinemashow and joining us on our Facebook page, which is located at facebook.com slash vcinema. And of course, check out our blog at vcinemashow.com for reviews, features, and interviews. Assassin blew a hole in my chest Now I walk about with a dream bullet vest A seaworthy vessel for the sperm-headed brain Mother twin Genesis went down with the plane 
can scare assassins of angels in yeah. All right. Thank you, CDR, for that one. Uh, that was uh, Ariel, Ariel Pink. Uh, I've never heard of this band. Uh, Ariel Pink Haunted Graffiti is the name of that band. Well, when they broke up, they later a few of the guys assembled and became the popular Poco. Really? No. Hmm. All right, our next movie of the day. I don't know why I keep whispering that. Um, from 1988, directed by Craig R. Baxley, starring Carl Weathers, Craig T. Nelson, Vanity, uh, Sharon Stone. <laughs> that was a violent belch full of cream cheese and pumpkin. Uh, I'll let you take the lead more on this fine film here. Vengeance drives a tough Detroit cop to stay on the trail of a power-hungry auto magnet who is systematically eliminating his competition. And what did you think um, of Action Jackson, okay. sir? Now, I saw this in the theater. Uh, this was probably close to about uh, the, uh, well, it was close to the year I was supposed to graduate from college. But uh, when I went to uh, try to graduate, they said, you need a few more hours, like uh, four. <laughs> so I graduated the next year. Yeah, that's a little inside uh, or something. Um, but here's the deal. Action Jackson. Now, first of all, I was aware of Action Jackson way before 1988, probably back in the 70s, because Action Jackson was an action figure, Mm -hmm. uh, much along the lines of G.I. Joe. And there was a commercial that – it's strange how the human brain works – like if they said, okay, we're going to set you in a classroom and for eight hours uh, and after the class is over, we're going to ask you some questions. And if you don't get them right, you're, you're going to die. And I wouldn't be able to fucking remember shit, but I can remember this. Action Jackson is his name. Bold adventure is his game. Think of what you want to be, and then suddenly, Action Jackson. That was the commercial for the figure. <laughs> so anyway, and I, I had, had a an Action Jackson figure. So anyway, uh, action figure. I guess you you might want to call it a dolly. So they were pretty cool. So anyway, um. Getting back to this movie. Now, I don't know if uh, that, that figure has anything to do with the actual story that we, that we saw here. I'm going to say But no. I will say this. Okay. Uh, Carl Weathers was riding the wave of, the, of his, uh, you know, being Apollo Creed and Rocky. And the fucker's built like a goddamn brick shithouse. I mean, I'm... You know, unless he's some kind of genetic freak, he's probably taking a little supplements there, here and there, <laughs> to uh, allow him to be so cut up and fucking muscular. But he looks fucking good. 
Uh, so I guess they decided, hey, you know what? Yeah, you know what? We got Rocky out there running around in the jungle pretending to be like fucking a Vietnam vet, even though he was a draft dodger. So why don't we see if we can um, do something with Apollo Creed here, you know, with uh, Carl Weathers? And um, he made this, and he made Force 10 from Navarone and uh, Predator, which I watched this morning. Now, I will say this. Um, and I said it before when uh, Expendables came out. I really, you know, Wesley Snipes and Carl Weathers both, I would like to see them somehow be involved if they made more of them just to give them, you know, a little bit of a rub or a push or whatever yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, in some, something new. Uh, and um, this movie, I thought, you know – even at the time, I really enjoyed it, and and they showed the shit out of it, like on HBO and and a lot of stuff like that. But um, it's first of all, um, it's you know when you talk about '80s action movies, this has uh, all a ton of the stuff that we always laugh about that are in '80s action movies, like cars that just you know explode <laughs> like you said that 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 movie you were talking about uh, the asian movie where the guy just shoots the car and it explodes like <laughs> yeah. a goddamn yeah, yeah. h-bomb well that happened you know that we didn't even mention that in the last one uh they would open fire all the time and the fucking things would just burst into flame and oh yeah <laughs> you know that's that that's that gas that they used i think it was like jet fuel or something but now um Here's the st- here's the little story about Action Jackson. Well, first of all, uh, another thing is um, this was pre. I'm pretty sure. Um, let me look at something here real quick. Okay, Basic Instinct was '92, so that was Sharon Stone when she first really took off, and, and you know this was. I don't know if this was the first thing she was in, but man, she was she was young in this. And uh, Jesus Christ, man, she had some fucking them perky boobies and just a hot little fucking body. And uh, so, I mean, with the exception of TV stuff, uh, Magnum P.I., well, she was in Alan Quartermain and uh, King Solomon's Mines and that shit. Uh, Police Academy 4, Cold Steel. (laughs) Who the hell was she in that? In what? Police Academy. Police Academy, she was Claire Matson, whoever that is. I don't know. Um, but, um, you know, Sharon Stone was fucking good looking as shit. And she was, she had a rivalry in this movie with Craig T. Nelson, who had the blondest hair and the brownest eyebrows. Um, now, sometimes his hair was blonde and sometimes it was gray as shit. <laughs> yeah, it was kind of gray. And uh, now, I thought that Sharon Stone that you didn't get to see her naked in this movie, but there was a shower scene oh, yeah. where she's toweling off, and you get the side boob and you know and looking pretty good. And um, but she's kind of a dumb fuck. I mean, you know, she likes <laughs> obviously likes the man men with power, even though she's probably twenty years old and he's fifty something. I would imagine. I love that and, fucking dress she's wearing at the beginning when uh, uh, Jackson's there watching the Man of the Year speech, and she has that tight like it's. It, you only saw it, and you know what I what I always call those dresses are the uh, are uh, the married with children dresses because Kelly Bundy wore them all the time. Skin but, tight, and the the whole back is missing. Yeah, yeah, almost all the way down to her. 
us crack. Um, you know, but like I said, this was before Sharon Stone hit the big time. But you know, at, at one point in time, you know, when Basic Instinct was uh, was the big thing. I mean, she was like the hottest chick in the world. You know, probably the uh, most known for that movie. Um, now, I guess Craig T. Nelson is kind of sort of a uh, uber villain version of Lee Iacocca or something. <laughs> I don't know what the fuck. Or no, maybe John DeLorean, you know. Uh, but he, he has this car that the the Halley, and it's like, you know, they always uh, bring up the, you know, Halley's Comet, and yeah. they call it the Halley. Or is it, we always called it Halley's Comet. Yeah, but maybe I remember Halley's, Halley's Comet, Comet too. So, um, he is, I guess, it's kind of a, in, not industrial espionage, but you know, sabotage, sabotage, union and busting. shit like that. Where um, uh, he's trying to kind of take out his competition uh, and killing off union guys and shit like that. And and he has a very um, a very colorful cast of thugs, mercenaries, or whatever that work for him. <laughs> Um, Al, one of them Al Long looks like Huey Lewis from Huey Lewis and the News. <laughs> yeah. Al Long and, uh, is in there. The the he's a, he's appeared on our, appeared on our show several times now. The the Asian guy with the long uh, oh yeah, hair. yeah 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 he was he um, played Delaplane's chauffeur chauffeur. This movie is a fucking cavalcade, and I yes I just said cavalcade. Oh, a cavalcade of faces uh, of. Um, Character actors, faces, tough guys that you've seen in other shit. Uh, Robert Davies in this. He plays a junkie that's friends with Action Jackson. Maybe he used to be his partner. And he's really <laughs> over the top with having the sweats and being crazy and shit. Bill Duke, uh, who was also in Predator with Carl Weathers. Uh, um, he's the one that tells Carl Weathers in Predator, you ghost in this motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> you give away our position one more time, I will be bleed you slow and leave you or whatever. Uh and and another predator, Carl Weathers uh uh ta- our team partner, uh Sonny Landham, who is fucking talk about Robert Davy being a druggie and fucking sweating and acting over the top <laughs> in this. Uh Sonny Landham is a drug dealing scumbag psycho uh i don't know what the fuck he was he was out of control don't forget mr biff tannen thomas wilson <laughs> the back to the future bet bully back to the future bully yes he is in this uh and he's pretty funny because he and this other <laughs> cop uh it's like a salt and pepper combo pop you know or cops with uh you know the african-american cop and then the, the who is sort of you know he's he's the smarter more um knowledgeable one and um uh, thomas wilson is kind of like a not a redneck but he's just a he's just kind of a dumb fuck white guy and he's always doing stupid shit so you have that little interaction going on. This movie, even though, man, it's hyper-violent. Yeah. It's got a lot of violence in it, but it also uh, plays a lot of shit for uh, tongue-in-cheek and kind of for laughs, mm. which I liked. It, it's got a good uh, a good uh, round uh, kind of, uh, what do you call it? Uh, you know, they, they, just, they just do it all. You know, mm-hmm. Brian Libby, who was uh, in um, uh, the movie Silent Rage, he played the bad guy in that, the Chuck Norris movie oh, yeah. for Halloween that one year. That one uh, year. <laughs> huh? That one year. 
Yeah, that one year. When was that? Last year? <laughs> yes, the only other. It had to be. We only been in, <laughs> hey, we only been in business for a while. But you got a lot of people like that. Um, now, um, Action Jackson has been. He's he has a reputation. He's like a legend. Uh, yeah, well, then you fucking look at the son of a bitch. I mean, he looks like a goddamn Greek statue or whatever. Uh, but <laughs> With a he obviously has uh, <laughs> maybe some rage issues or something, and he got fucking demoted. And he's a even though he's the best cop on the force, uh, he's the one that gets things done and kicks ass and all this and that and everything. He um, he's desk bound mm-hmm. because um, Bill Duke. Um, it's his boss. Uh, it, like uh, he, he apparently Craig T. Nelson's um, son is like you never see him, but he's kind of a. And I was kind of surprised. I thought maybe that they would bring him around or something like that, or have do something with him, like Looney Ben Jim and the Punisher movie or whatever. Uh, but he, uh, Action Jackson, beat his ass and gave him some police brutality. So he lost. He lost. From becoming being a lieutenant down to being a sergeant, and he's desk bound. And he doesn't have but, a gun either, right? No, no gun. He, but he doesn't need a gun, which is pretty because, hilarious. But that's what that's one thing I noticed because this is pretty late in the eighties, and by this point, eighties action movies were all gun. And eighties, yeah. well, oh, sorry, eighties American. First action of all, movies. he could run faster than a car. <laughs> yeah, he could and jump it, over them. <laughs> Yeah, and they don't they don't have safety glass in the side windows in the car or the windshield, so you can just punch them, and you don't even have to worry about getting cut or anything. <laughs> uh, there's several things like that that are just I mean, but but it's like I said, '80s action movie. It's kind of you just don't give a shit because it's fun. Well, yeah, but there, there's a there is an obvious lack of guns for an '80s action movie, which I I kind of like that. Well. Um, What's his name's goons had some? Well, yeah, they had like a fucking grenade launcher, but yeah, that was pretty cool. The main characters, I'm saying, like he only a couple times does he even use a a hand a, a gun, and he uses he's clever. He uses yeah, yeah. like his uh, his wits. Well, they say he went to he was like a Harvard grad law graduate or something. Oh yeah, they always have to give the goddamn uh, what you call it his uh, his uh, bona fides until he was a track star. He, you know, they have to explain everything about Action the, Jackson. The, I like he's the explanation. Already super smart and all this. And that. it's like, goddamn, you don't have to say that shit. Why don't you just let him fucking be a man? I like the explanation you know? that the cops are giving at the beginning when they're trying to scare the the kid that uh, it was tried to steal the old lady's purse. And uh, <laughs> when they're like, uh, there's like, oh yeah, you might have to have a little session with Action Jackson. And the kid is like, Action Jackson. He's like, yeah. Some say he didn't even have a mother. Uh, so, <laughs> some say that re- like, researchers at NASA created him to be the first man to walk on the moon without a spacesuit. <laughs> well, I think what would have been cool there is um, if they would have had the kid like uh, in the interrogation room, and Action Jackson comes in. In nothing but a cowboy hat, a jock strap, and cowboy boots, like in cruising, <laughs> and just slap the fucking shit out of the kid and knock him off the chair. Yeah, you know, that'd be kind of cool. Uh, a friend of mine, a friend of mine at work, met Carl Weathers at a shoe store here in North Carolina. Wonder what size shoe he wears. I don't know. Fourteen. If my feet are bigger. It's going to be great. You there? Yes, I'm still here. Oh, okay. I thought maybe we lost connection. Um, <laughs> I, I, um, 
Someone said on our group that they thought, you know, they said every time I look at Carl Weathers, they said he almost looks like a doll or something because his mustache is perfectly trimmed. <laughs> his fro is always perfectly oh, yeah. trimmed. Uh, you know, he just chiseled and everything. They said he almost looks like a, he almost looks, doesn't look real or something. And, uh, but, you know, with the exception of Predator, where he where he kind of played well, I mean Apollo Creed was kind of a dick yeah. to an extent, but he was more like uh, what you call it, like uh, Muhammad Ali. So I mean, he was likable in a, in a in a sense. And Action Jackson, I think I could really see with this movie, to me, like maybe they were going for a franchise kind of a thing here. And after watching it again, and I haven't seen it in a long time. I thought it held up really well mm-hmm. as far as just being a fun fucking action movie. Definitely. And the one thing I thought was, man, I can't believe that they didn't run with this a little bit. It could have. Uh, yeah, this could have. This could have gone farther. Um, yeah. The. Uh, the, the, the some of the some, what? See how much it made at the how oh, much it cost. It says it cost seven and it made twenty. So. Um, yeah, this, that's much. I mean, you know, the, maybe they just didn't have any plans for it or something. I don't know. The 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 action set pieces in this, some of them are just ridiculously over the top and really fun. Like, I feel sorry for some of the stuntmen in this movie. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> the the intro scene, I like when the when the when I guess that's I don't know if it's a spoiler when Delaplane's guys are walking around like going around assassinating guys, but yeah. I really like that part of the beginning. First, it's I laughed, which probably shouldn't but i laugh when the lady gets punched in the mouth and sends her flying through a glass partition but then they instead of just shooting a guy or throwing him out a window and this is the kind of movie it is at times he gets blown out of the window with a grenade launcher falls like 30 stories into the glass ceiling of a restaurant now now the the falling body out of the building looked like a dummy the falling body through the glass ceiling into the restaurant was not that was a that was a person. So this dude is a fireball and he's falling through the sky through glass, which that was pretty incredible. And that's this opens the movie. So um the uh but then the other one with the boat exploding, I mean, the, you know, that was a that was a whole boat. That wasn't a fake boat. <laughs> that thing really really went up. Um that was pretty cool too. I I got a good laugh out of uh when uh the his old uh, Action Jackson's old partner said something about slipping someone slipping or the old protein pickup <laughs> that was pretty ridiculous um the uh let's see um oh so we didn't really talk about vanity yet now she's kind of a singer and she is uh craig t nelson's which is very believable but she's craig t nelson's mistress yeah um, and she's a heroin addict um, yeah, but you know the part that I thought was weird about that, and and uh, what was this rated? Was this rated? Uh, it had of an R. There's, I mean, there's nudity and there's yeah. Bombs. I mean, but you know the thing that the thing that I thought was weird was you know okay he's gonna he's got Sharon Stone at home, he's got this he's got Vanity on the side, but then he doesn't fuck her. He just takes her top off or something. She takes her top off and shows wait, wait, him wait, her boobs, was, and then he just gives her some a shot of heroin, and then she just out. The awesome, the awesome line. Uh, um, give me two good reasons. I'd say all those things, and she drops her top. <laughs> yes. um, but uh, Vanity's really hot in it. Um, her acting is a little suspect at times, but she uh, she shows the goods. So uh, she's she's a she's she, a trooper. 
Yeah, she's she's a she's a born again Christian now, I think. So yeah, whatever. Um, yeah, so he injects Vanity's inner thigh with the big hair, the big shiny, fancy uh, thing, and uh, the uh, there could probably be a joke there for Vanity's inner injecting something into Vanity's inner thighs, but. I'll just leave that for less creative people. Um, <laughs> It'd have been better if they had showed Craig T like fucking her like, uh, uh, um, what's his name in uh, oh god damn it, Inglorious Bastards, when uh, the the German <laughs> the German guy was fucking. He's like, <laughs> I'm just drawing a total blank on my Nazis. The fucking uh, minister of goddamn propaganda was. Oh, um, Goebbels. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah. You just, you just <laughs> <laughs> um, the uh, uh, the chase in the cab scene was really when it started to amp up. Um, the you know he he's fast enough to not only run a cab down that's driving away, running away from him, not just like driving through traffic, and he's but he's still able to jump onto the roof, um, and then. He convinces the guy driving to not shoot at him, but drive the car at him, and then j- jumps over the whole fucking thing. Um, well, you know, and that's another thing. When when uh, uh, Bill Miner was in the fucking car, the taxi cab, and and actually Jackson's on the roof. You know, when you're shooting like through the roof, they just shoot like in a, in like one spot in like a little <laughs> probably quarter size hole instead of just shooting all over. So okay, maybe he's scooting over to the side. We'll shoot in a few different places. You might hit Action Jackson. Yeah. I mean, I didn't want to see Action Jackson get hit. And I don't know what the hell he was holding on to up on top of that motherfucker. Um and another another example of the over the top action, uh, when uh he confronts the junkie in the hotel and after stabbing him in the uh shoulder. Sunny Lamb Dan. With, yeah, after stabbing stabbing him in the shoulder with the syringe. He he could have just fallen out the window. He could have just thrown him out the window. But instead, he throws him completely out of the window across the alley through another window of the yeah. other building. His, <laughs> his, one of his big self-defense techniques is throwing people through windows. Yeah, that's like, like uh, plate glass windows and you know, like, shoving uh, people what's it, and like, what's shit like that. In, um, and how about his car? You know, no. like I, I've said a million times in movies, it's such a cliche that everybody in a goddamn movie has to have a vintage fucking car. Nobody has just a fucking car. That that one wasn't, you know, and I mentioned this when I was watching Savage Streets, but it made more sense then because that car was only 20 years old when that movie was made. So now it would be super vintage, but, you know, back then it was only 20 years old. Mm. Um. But still, I mean, it's still, it was like immaculate condition. I mean, he's a cop and he has a desk job. So how the fuck can he afford to maintain and restore a, you know. He liked that car, though. He did. He loved it. Do you know how much money I had to put in that car? <laughs> um, and I'm telling see. you what, when him and the, I, I, I found it slightly unbelievable that him and Vanity jumped out that fucking window just into that car. And it was, I mean, I don't know, stories they were up. But God damn that! You'd fucking end up breaking your back. You hey, you break he your told back. Him, you the guy, that shit. the guy working at the desk told. I think they were on the third floor. I think he it's told them what. Still, that's what, a long way. Yeah, it is, and and I don't know who put the top up on his car because his car had already been trashed, and that the top he put, is what, he put the top up. Oh, uh, okay, I missed that. Okay, because it was down, and then when they found it, and he was all pissed off. He uh, he grabbed the top and pulled it back over. You know, so it was over the. The top of the car, but yeah, some dudes. And she was movie. laughing, which made it even, you know. And then she didn't she question his masculinity at one time. Oh, yeah, well, yeah, she's because he when he took her to the hotel and left her, uh, 
left her sit, left, he left her sleeping basically, and he was in the shower in the morning, and she's like, "You didn't even touch me all night. You're either a cop or a queer." And he's like, "Well, I'm not queer." <laughs> and so, and the, yeah, the uh, more obviously, uh, uh, um, he was counting on the fact that she had never seen uh, Rocky Three. <laughs> Oh, and the another more in, another <laughs> another insensitive line when Craig T. Nelson tells uh, tells Carl Weathers that you all look the same anyway. So yeah, we had to get the racism. That, that's just even in a movie, and I know it's in a movie, and it's done to provoke a reaction. Or but goddamn, I, I mean, I like uh, yeah, that's just, yeah, it's just horrible. Um, and then the classic line, barbecue, huh? How do you like your ribs? Uh, <sighs> the um, then and tied to that scene. The stuntmen fucking earn their money being on fire in this one because <laughs> there is there are many people that burst into flames in this movie. It's pretty crazy. Um, Owen doesn't doesn't Coach's face look funny when he gets punched? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, it looks like, boo, boo. you know the one thing about him though is is um if you saw Osterman Weekend, mm-hmm. obviously Craig T. Nelson has taken karate because in that movie he did all his own karate stuff mm-hmm. now in this one they'd be doing like these fucking spinning back kicks real fast and shit and you could tell it wasn't him yeah yeah but it was cool seeing him get punched in the face because he was a fucking asshole <laughs> and, and, and the, even better is now that you know he's a fucking drunk stupid fucking teabagging asshole it's it's just even sweeter that Carl Weathers punches his fucking face in. <laughs> oh, love Hate it. That sucker. Uh, let's get into our ratings here. Well, okay. Well, let me. I, I just wanted to add. Uh, okay, okay. The the um, the, uh, the the two cop duo that had Biff. Mm-hmm. Um, he the one cop was saying something about getting some pussy, and the uh, <laughs> his partner says, "You ain't you ain't had no pussy in your apartment since your mom helped you move in." <laughs> And then um, they had a this one. They had like a the, the assassins all were. I mean, they all had some unique something or other. And one of them had like Ultimate Warrior slash John Bon Jovi hair. Oh yeah, and, and then there was the dude that threw the butterfly knives. Yeah, the butterfly knife <laughs> at the party. <laughs> they just started killing everybody. That was kind of cool. Um, let's see here. The the. the <laughs> I don't even know why this guy said this, but it was also again the uh, the uh, the young uh, white cop and the African American cop, and the African American cop I think says to the to Biff, uh, "You ever had your head rammed up your ass?" <laughs> yes, oh uh, yeah. <laughs> what? I don't know what the hell was... that even. You know what? You ever have your head? <laughs> yeah. I don't remember why he was asking that. Um, this for ratings on this. Yeah. Uh, I just wait a minute. I just tore up my notes, which had what we're going to watch next week. Um, <laughs> Whoops. No, I didn't. That was my other notes. Um, <laughs> geez. You know, I'm telling you, like I said, I think this movie, if if it was made today and, and and made as much money, you know, like you said, if they spent $7 million and they made $20, uh, it was successful. It made, it, it, you know, they almost, almost tripled their fucking money. Um, it would have... You know how sequel crazy people are today. Mm. I think Carl Weathers would have been an even bigger star on his own, um, and had like you know. I think they probably would have made a couple of these. Um, I haven't seen it since oh god, a long time. You know, probably back in the eighties, early nineties, and I still thought it was fun and fun and funny as hell. And the action was still when it needed to get down to the violence and mm-hmm. shit 
uh, the hardcore, like kick-ass violence. It was good, but it had the funny stuff in it too. It had some tit. It had nudity and stuff like that. Ah, man, I'm, I think I'd give it an eight point two five. Nice. Um, I did. I forgot to mention that the the Halley car that they're plugging this like amazing car that he's in competition for it was a fucking souped up uh fiero a that's what i was gonna ask you because i that's what i thought it looked like yeah yeah you know i was like that it, does that is that because my friend had a fiero the fiero so, yeah. i remember the fieros one of the fieros selling points with those fucking speakers in the headrest do you remember that they what they had speakers. The stereo oh, yeah. speakers my were in friend, the headrest. My friend Jim had one in college, and it was a black one. And it fucking, uh, you know, I mean, at the time, it was kind of, <laughs> I guess, sort of cool. It was a luxury car, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, it was kind of like a, I don't know. They weren't that, I mean, they weren't cheap, but, you know. Um, I remember three of us sitting in that fucking thing, and it was a two-seater, and it was no, no picnic. I, uh, I, was, I was sitting on a girl's lap. Ooh. Instead of her sitting on my lap. <laughs> Why? Well, how did that happen? I don't fucking know. <laughs> um, she wasn't good looking, so oh, well. she's big. No, oh, no well. I don't know. I can't even remember what. Maybe she was sitting on my lap. But anyway, it broke down, and the guy was like, <laughs> "We don't fix. Uh, we don't fix foreign cars here." He thought it was like a fucking Ferrari or something. I'm like, "What's some redneck?" <laughs> but, um, well, I'm I'm right there with you on the score. Um, I give it an eight out of ten, and I didn't see this one when I was a kid. Um, really? I didn't have at this at, when this movie came out. I didn't have cable. I didn't have cable until I was a teenager, and they had, they were not showing this on cable by the time I got cable. Um, so which would have been like the early '90s, uh, or maybe even maybe like 1990 or so. Um, but this wasn't really on the HBO circuit anymore. Um, so. I didn't see this for the first time until like a month ago. That yeah. was my, yeah. And I, I mean, there's no reason I had ever missed it other than maybe I thought Craig T. Nelson in an action movie was a little weird, but, <laughs> um, the, uh, but I mean, there's, you know, there's funny stuff, isn't You know, the bar scene with the bar scene where they're going to cut off Carl Weathers balls and he goes like, he acts like he's crazy and starts praising Jesus and stuff. And then fucking that just one guy gay. Who? The one, uh, uh, he went in and he said, I'm looking for Papa Doc. And and then they got him. And there was the one guy that's always in movies. And he almost looks kind of like an American Indian. And he oh, had the cue ball. And he was telling Action Jackson, follow the bouncing ball. I'm not sure. Why do you want Papa Doc? I can't remember what that guy's name is. Um, but um, the other guy, the other African-American guy is like, kind of like a skinny guy. Mm-hmm. And he was like rubbing up on uh, Carl Weathers' chest and shit. And he goes, ooh, you a damn big John and all this and that. <laughs> saying like stuff like they were going to fuck him. Mm, you never know. Maybe Not they weird. were going to use those balls before they cut them off. Um, they cut off Papa Doc's balls. <laughs> they were in a jar. Had them in uh, a jar. So yeah, I, I like this a lot. I own it, which unfortunately the fucking dvd is a, that guy's name is uh branscombe richmond oh that's a gay name is the uh indian guy <laughs> no wait what do you play a puerto rican in that movie yeah i think um i give this an eight out of ten the the dvd is unfortunately uh full screen like formatted to fit your tv yeah but um crappy. i saw it on hbo go and they had the widescreen print on there so it's yeah. out there um i don't know why this one is uh full frame but whatever um it still works i mean you know i've seen it both ways now and you know it's it's a lot of fun it's 
funny. It's it's uh it's pretty violent. Lots of fucking poor uh, stuntmen, like I said, on fire flying through the air. So, um, yeah, yeah. for an eighties action movie, that's where it's at. Uh, let's take a break and come back and do one voicemail feedback. Yeah, well, yeah. We'll be right back. <laughs> talk to you about something very important today. That's outside the cinema. I know a lot of you listening now enjoy the film world. Boy, outside the cinema covers all kinds of good films. If you're looking for the classics, perhaps you're looking for a good old Nazi film where the Nazis torture and rape everyone in sight. Or giant monsters crawl from the sea. Or perhaps an Italian film where Edward's finish takes her clothes off for no apparent reason. Or renegade bikers just do whatever they damn well please. Perhaps even occasionally turn into a werewolf. Then outside the cinema is your place to go. That's www.outsidethecinema.com. Outside the cinema, your source for cult movie discussion. Uh, yeah, I, I, um, I had uh, Thriller on tape when I was a kid. That was really the only one I ever owned. My brother got into him later than me, but he was five years younger than me, so he wasn't around when he was super big. At first, I, I mean, remember the videos, and you know, but I never bought. Like, I think my sister had the vinyl, of, which I have it now on Thriller because she oh, gave cool. me all her albums. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I liked him when I was, you know, when, when Thriller hit when I was about seven. Um, and then so, he stuck his finger up your butt. <laughs> and it was awesome. I was never the same. Yeah. But my brother, his long ET like <laughs> fingers. My brother was uh, my my brother was you know only two then, and he uh, so he didn't get into Michael Jackson until like that the black or white video and all that stuff like in maybe yeah. late like early nineties or so. So yeah, I guess he was so <sighs> huge then. Hmm. I had all a right. piece of butter scotch, scotch candy in my mouth, and it was kind of making me nauseous. <laughs> yeah, I, I cut off too much of that pumpkin roll from earlier. Oof. Eh. It was getting a little too sweet there at the end. All right, time for some feedback. Yeah, feedback. A little bit, a little bit. Little we bit. like feedback. Mm. A little bit. 
A little bit, a little bit. All right, our first. Let me guess. Let me guess who only. it is. No, you'd be surprised. This is an unfamiliar voice. Oh, Jesus. All right. Hello? Hello? Hello, this is Paul calling from Spain. Um, I've not called for a very long time. Um, and I'm just calling to tell you a story about my work. I've no idea, but it seems relevant to yourselves. Basically, I work with people with learning disabilities. And one gentleman lives in his flat, and we go up to make his meals and stuff. And one day, um, I was cleaning in his cupboard, and I found a folder, and I opened it, and it was full of bits of card, and he cut out men from gay porno magazines <laughs> and pasted them on the card, hopefully with glue. <laughs> and he, he cut them out in ways that they were interacting with each other, but they were obviously from different pictures. So there was men uh. um, on top of people's heads with erections. <laughs> <laughs> upside down men it's very strange but in another cupboard I found another time he had like a hold doll like a bag and it like um, my mum's best friend my mum my mum's best friend DVDs so he's obviously a very confused man and we've also found under his pillow uh, a bit of paper with not in his handwriting um on this bit of paper it says boobs, wank, dick. <laughs> All these different rude words. Like three in a row in different columns. So he's obviously a very confused man. Um, I've no idea why I phoned you about this, but <laughs> I really don't have anyone else to tell. Bye-bye. Oh, the elders in Spain are weird. Um, that's pretty funny that... Uh, this this poor guy, he probably lived an entire life like married, like trying to fit into this conservative society, and all the time he just wanted to just get some dick. Dick, 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 dick. Squeaky dick. This is for Brian Higgins. Brian Higgins. Wait, I don't know that. I don't know that story. Um, apparently. If you blow up 20 balloons a day mm-hmm. uh, and take cold showers and drink a cup of black coffee, uh, I can't remember now if it's as soon as you wake up or right before you get to bed. Probably as soon as you wake up. You, you, it, it, uh, it'll take like two inches off your waist or something. Do you have to do all of that right when you wake up? You got to do it. Okay, 20 balloons. It's a yoga thing. Black coffee, and what was the other thing? Uh, a cold shower. Cold shower. Oh, I can't do the yeah. cold shower. It takes 20 inches off my dick. Uh, yeah, with a weenie shower. shrinker. Yeah, dick shrinker. Not the, I don't, I don't need any help with that. <laughs> I don't need any help with that. <laughs> yeah, you know. Nature's doing a good enough job. I'm okay as long as it's not cold. Uh, and when it's cold, though, I mean, you know, God, I'm glad my penis is bigger than... You know, goddamn, that thing is amazing how it can shrivel up. 
it really gets up in there. It's uh, it's uh, <laughs> it does, and your balls get all staying all warm, tight like a prune, a tight prune, <laughs> a tight prune, tight prune. All right, <laughs> Zom, your sound quality is dipping drastically, so we're gonna wrap this thing up. Um, okay, next yeah, week on the show, thank you, thank the you, Paul. Fucking conversations going down the tubes. Yeah, too. it happens a lot. Um, thanks, thank you, Paul from Spain. Thanks, um, Paul. The um, so next week on the show, yeah. as I mentioned earlier, uh, my being sick all the fucking time. We're gonna do a couple of uh, <laughs> running from a virus movie (laughs) or running to fix a virus um first movie we will or not maybe not in the first but we're going to cover the andromeda strain from 1971 and based on the michael crichton novel and we are going to do a another film noir it's been a while we're going to do panic in the streets with richard vidmark and jack i mean walter palance Walter Palance uh, from 1950, Panic in the Streets, next week. Walter Palance would kick Jack Yeah. So um, that's going to be our virus double feature next week. Um, in, in, uh, in uh, 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 not or whatever, or whatever, uh, you being the probably uh, a page zero of every fucking flu bug and virus ever hit. It's awful, man. It's, it's it's just like I work in a petri dish, and it's fucking. Uh, if anybody, if one person gets sick, I start freaking out because I know People I'm probably gonna. People just come up and spit in your face and Ugh. rub snot in your hair or mustache and stuff. I hate when that happens. Um, so yeah, that's next week. Uh, thank you again, Paul, for calling in, and you can always send us feedback at two zero six three three nine sixteen hundred. Or do you think that it's possible? Now this is just stretch. That your mustache could collect uh, germs. I've thought about that, and the, what makes me think about it mainly is not that it's catching germs like in the air, but that I reach up to touch my face because of my mustache more often, which might put germs near my face. Well, I know when my he was pretty good and the mustache was pretty, I was constantly in that fucker, and my hands were up by my mouth constantly. Hmm. Something to yes. think about. Yes. My identity is making me sick. <laughs> might be time to shave. Oh, and uh, you can send us email at silvagoldpodcast at gmail.com. Uh, what was that? I wonder if Hitler had that problem. <laughs> he was, his was only in the snot trough. So. Dave Abrams poop in his mustache. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Um, and let's see. Uh, uh, find us on iTunes or silvaandgold.com and join our Facebook group at facebook.com slash group slash silvaandgold. Zom, before you fade out into complete oblivion, do you yeah. have anything else this week, sir? Do I what? Have anything else to add this week? <laughs> two plus two. Yeah. What? Uh, until then... I have nothing else either. This is Loaf Oot. Oot. I farted. Uh-oh. Bye. Oh, it stinks. Bye.